0: an army with up fists to the sky within them is a mighty man with a mad rage in his eye my name is James Connolly i've been coming here today what of the fate for the rates of the working class this small farmer too hello and welcome to a special episode of the plough and stars i'm your host pay my rant and today i will be doing a reading from eugene debs why are we not stronger But first, we have a new Patreon that I would like to shout out. Uh, So thank you so much, Carly, for your support of the show. It means the world to me and the other hosts, and we appreciate the support so, so much. We could not do the show without you. Um, So let's get started with this reading. Why are we not stronger? The labor movement in the United States, in proportion to the working class, is the weakest and most backward in the world. Most workers belong to something in the way of a labor union or a labor party, but there is utter lack of coherency and clarity and unity of aim and purpose when it comes to organization, economic, and political as a whole. There has been a socialist party in the United States for 42 years, during which time cargoes of literature have been distributed, thousands of speeches made, and untold sacrifices and privations in the service of the cause, and we ought to have a powerful, united, and aggressive party to show for it, but as we have not, there must be something wrong that will have to be set right before we can succeed in the future where we have failed in the past. One reason, and in my opinion a very real one, why we have not better succeeded in organizing the workers is to be found in our intolerant attitude and ill-tempered spirit towards those of our own class and our own ultimate aim who differ from us. Socialists, communists, anarchists, syndicalists, and IWWs spend more time and energy fighting each other than they do fighting capitalism. Each faction assumes that it is entirely right and all others are entirely wrong, a very human way of seeing things, but far better calculated to prevent than to promote the effective organization of the workers." There are, of course, and of necessity, differences between these various groups of organized workers, and these differences are wholesome and result in clearer understanding and a corresponding unity and solidarity, provided they are met in the right spirit and are made the means of promoting intelligent discussion and acquiring more truth and greater knowledge, thereby building and adding up new strength to the organization." But if such differences are allowed to provoke ill temper and ugliness of spirit, the result is disastrous, if not fatal, to efforts to unite the workers in a class-conscious body for a common purpose. And that is what has happened among us and kept the labor movement in a backward state in America. Why can we not differ without denouncing each other? Why can we not give those with whom we differ credit for being as honest as ourselves? Why can we not reason with those with whom we disagree in a decent spirit instead of treating them with ridicule and contempt? Personally, I have equal respect for all who stand four square for the working class and for the overthrow of the capitalist system, whether they be socialists, communists, anarchists, or IWWs. I don't find it necessary to hate and denounce them because their method differs from mine. They may be right. I don't think they are, but I have been mistaken a good many times in the past, and I'm just as apt to be so now as anyone else. We certainly find a large measure of common ground for all these groups if we have the right spirit and seek to convince and win over by argument instead of offending and driving away by abuse. I read this in the communist paper recently, quote, the first thing we must do is to smash the socialist party, end quote. The writer of that sentiment will find ready allies in Wall Street, the Chamber of Commerce, and the Manufacturers Association, and I am inclined to think that they would pay a round price for the job. More than likely, this comrade, who now calls himself a communist, once belonged to the Socialist Party, and now he wants to smash it. His former comrades are either crooks or fools, and he must now devote his time to smashing their party. The Socialist Party is not going to be smashed, either by the capitalists or by their allies in the labor movement. It has cost too dearly to build up, and the same indomitable spirit that built it in the face of all kinds of opposition in the past is going to sustain it against all attacks in the future. We know that the Socialist Party is not all that it should be, but instead of deserting it, we are going to do our best to make it a clean virile, uncompromising revolutionary party of the workers in their worldwide struggle for industrial freedom. I have been reading another communist comrade who sneers with scorn at the persons from whom and the places from where he got his first lessons in socialism. They seem to appear utterly contemptible in his eyes since he has scaled the peaks of science and now sees it all with a clear eye and, and an outstanding heart. I confess I cannot understand that feeling. I have not only a deep sense of gratitude, but a sort of reverence for those who gave me the least help or encouragement in finding my way to the socialist movement. And there shall never be in my heart or upon my lips a sneer for one of them, however far the movement may have left them behind." There are some comrades who seem to think that loud talk and a raw way of putting things with a hateful intolerance of all others is the only real revolutionary method. They have no patience with those of milder manners and quieter ways and dub them soft heads. I have known those who could talk blood raw about the revolution and denounce others of less noisy methods as lacking in guts to turn out cowards when the test came. And I know comrades who are Quiet and reserved in manner and speech, whom I know to have the highest courage and to be ready to lay down their lives for the cause. I hope we may have a more decent, tolerant, and truly revolutionary spirit in our attitude towards those with whom we differ in the movement, and that we may devote our whole time and energy in organizing the workers into one industrial union and one political party for the gigantic struggle which confronts them and which they must win or remain in slavery." The most effective way to answer those who sneer at political action is with silence when argument fails. Let them alone and stick to your work of education and organization. We give up the fight. They shot him in Kilmainham jail. will never stop his cry. My name is James Cumbie. I didn't come here to die. But to fight for the rights of the working class, this small farmer too, to protect the proletariat. From the bosses and the squares. So hold on to your rifles, boys. Don't give up the dream. A republic for the working class, economic.